wealth will come only if you have a good brain but good brain can function only if you have a good health so that's the ethos that i believed that health is very important to survive in a startup journey also hi i am sofivo and this is the rise and play podcast a few weeks ago i had a wonderful and transformative experience in india during igdc and i want to share the key learnings with you great leadership comes from everywhere and i want to bring perspectives from the east to the west so that we can continue learning from each other in this special series i am sitting down with five studio founders to offer a broad perspective on the gaming ecosystem in india now ranging from early stage companies to more mature stages from bootstrap to vc backed from casual to midcore serving the global or the local market are you ready challenge your beliefs and perception let's begin hi everyone greetings from uh, bangalore uh, a few days before i was in hyderabad for igdc and then delhi where i met you ram for the lumikai insignia event and uh, i made it my mission to go all around not india but at least the gaming uh, of india in the most uh, main cities in Bangalore and also visit some of the exciting studios I've met uh, from Insignia Lumika event and uh, do a deep dive a bit how what is the story of some of the founders and the company continuing on uh, lessons uh, learning of leadership and uh, for all you know around the world which is very exciting at the moment in India there are many companies forming and uh, why I chose that one today you will hear about it but We begin and Ram, uh, welcome or we- thanks for welcoming me to your co-working space here to record. Thank you. Uh, it, it is a pleasure for me to host you. I think thanks for uh, uh, no, uh, giving me this opportunity to talk to you and explain my journey and share my vision with you. Looking forward to the call. Mm-hmm. People who probably don't know you because you are so more in stealth mode at the moment. Uh, but there's been the news actually because I was following quite a lot gaming in general and Nomikai. An announcement that Lumikai was uh, investing in your company, Curious Beat, and uh, it's it's in the news and uh, sit round. And then I met you, and we started to talk about what you're doing. So I let you introduce, of course, yourself um, in a moment. Uh, but where we connected is uh, first also on uh, thoughts of how to build a company, a studios, uh, where you started from, and also the focus on casual game, which is at my heart, also my own uh, expertise, where I spent some time. So. Do you mind to uh, share what your company is doing today, the name, and uh, maybe a bit of your background before you founded Curious Beta? Yeah, my journey with Curious Beta started uh, almost six, seven months back. But just just to uh, give you a bit of a backstory, I think I've always wanted to start something on my own, and uh, I had uh, intentions of you know uh, creating an institution in my lifetime, and uh, with that passion. I worked at few startups before setting up uh, this journey for myself, and uh, I've learned how to make games uh, and uh, how to actually uh, form teams, how to coach people to become rockstar leaders. After having that, such an experience, I realized that you know uh, the, the long-term calling for myself is to you know do do it again and then recreate something that I've learned again. Yeah, so uh, the journey with Lumikai uh, uh, happened uh, pretty interestingly. I think we were actually working on a different startup idea called uh, uh, mental wellness through games, and and for expecting couple. 
and uh, when we were exploring to you know make games uh, to de-stress uh, you know uh, the life of pregnancy for expecting couple we uh, landed uh, in a situation where we met few investors we shared our idea we shared our numbers and uh, in the process of raising funds for that project uh, we ended up pivoting our model towards completely games and and uh, and lumke was fascinated uh, with our idea of building casual innovative mobile games for the world from india uh, me and shubham uh, my co-founder cto partnered with lumikai and general catalyst in this journey and we raised 2 million us dollars and uh, here we are uh, setting up our new office a new 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 co-working space and uh, yeah we are working on a new game uh, which is not live yet uh, we are very soon uh, launching this game uh, uh, hopefully i think we will uh, launch in couple of months uh, to the broader market right now the game is in a in a beta stage we are testing the mark uh, testing the mechanics in house and uh, we are making something uh, very casual and trying to come up with new mechanics in the puzzle genre i get as well that you were working uh, at play simple so before where you had a lot of learnings successful uh, company uh, indian gaming stories yeah. with uh, exit with mtg for yes. i think 300 million like a crazy amount so you yeah. were also uh, what were you doing at that company before yeah so my journey uh, with play simple was close to 7 years uh, i uh, joined the company when it was it was in a uh, very small stage i was one of the 15th or 16th employees uh, in the company uh we were working based out of a 2 bhk house and it was a, a, a quite interesting experience for me to see how things are getting formed and how the uh, foundation of a company getting started up i was very thrilled and and i've learned uh, like marketing i've learned uh, product development i've done uh, analysis myself i've done ad monetization i've done uh, i i did market for one of the products called wordtrek for some time and in the process i've built uh, uh six word games from the scratch 0 to 1 and i've scaled them up and i've also taken one product uh, under my franchise in my journey uh, which was built by uh, another team and and i had transitioned that into my team and then i've led the team and uh, uh in in my uh, abilities i could turn around that product and you know stabilize the stabilize the journey of that product as well so in in, in nutshell i think i I've, i've done seven games five of them are casual snacky word, word games which we used to call as anagram games and uh, two of them are actually social uh, word games like in the likes of scrabble go the board kind of games where multiplayer uh, mechanics were involved and uh, yeah so all six of them uh, uh, were done 0 to 1 and one was actually uh, you no know, transition product and uh, in terms of business we could create uh, uh, cumulatively 350 million dollars uh, in my lifetime i i was able to deliver through these 6 7 games and i uh, was able to generate more than upwards of 125 million installs cumulatively in 6 and a half years across the products and i have handled uh, all the uh, responsibilities of uh, of general manager and uh, coached uh, multiple people into leadership roles and set up lot of processes from 0 to 1 uh, to 150 million and uh, Yeah so I, I was basically handling business for play simple uh, across word games uh, uh, yeah I also uh, transitioned into multiple case, multiple uh, franchises in the process so that's what I think social word games happened and then uh, during uh, during last 6 months I decided to move out and then start mm-hmm. something on my own and let's get to that then uh, what was the turning point for you where you knew okay I'm going to take my risk and start over and you know start something and let's see what happens 
Yeah, so I think post acquisition things start changing, right? Uh, and it's quite natural to happen when 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 a acquirer is putting such a huge money to acquire a company. Obviously, there are a lot of stakes involved, mm-hmm. and and uh, at the time of uh, exit for me, PlaySimple was contributing close to fifty percent of MTG's portfolio, which means I think MTG will have a lot more lot more uh, you know observation, lot more understanding in terms of operations of the business. And I, I am not complaining about it. I understand that th- this is this is a multi-stake uh, process. In the process, I think uh, uh, we were not able to uh, deliver to the best that I felt I could deliver. So uh, I think there were a couple of points where we could not we could not pursue new game ideas the way that we wanted. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of uh, decisions like in terms of team buildings, in terms of hirings and things like that. We could not do the way that we wanted. And but that was not the only trigger, according to me. the The trigger for me was always there. I think uh, it was just a just a facilitation of a personal life and and a professional life for me. Uh, in fact, I think uh, people uh, who know me very closely used to used to uh, tell me that every couple of years I used to you know keep finding my my own uh, you know trigger and then say I want to start up. Uh, but yeah, so I think post acquisition, I was having f- uh, a few uh, personal uh, side of commitments. Uh, uh, like like I we've recently welcomed a baby girl into our life, and and we also had to you know manage few personal milestones. And uh, post our family and my my wife and as a family uh, uh, accomplishing those personal milestones, I felt I'm at a, a better position mentally to to tackle something like starting a, a new company on my own. Uh, because starting up a company is mentally uh, a, a mentally a challenging task. It's a, it's a daunting task, and I need to give that that kind of effort and justice to the to the journey that I want to start. So I think yeah, once I managed my personal milestones, uh, uh, yeah, I I decided to start something my own, and it so happened that I think uh, 2023 turned out to be that year where I I uh, no start my new journey. Mm, yeah. So we will touch on the product a bit later, but that's not why we're here today. Because when we uh, met at Lumica a few days ago, um, especially with Rise and Play, I've been very visible about that. Very uh, fascinated about the story of founders, why they started the company, what do they focus on. And then we get to the topic of teams where uh, you share your thoughts, uh, taking the learnings from your previous experience, whether it's your previous uh, first company that yeah. you tried or from Play Simple. And then you show me your handbook, uh, culture book. And I also started my studio with a culture book and putting into clarity what is the kind of company and the ways of working that affect your decision of who you're hiring, the ways of working, and how do you grow. And then you shared your uh, book, uh, the Curious Bit uh, book, 70 pages. And then I read it this morning and a few days before. It's very thorough, very thoughtful. It touches on many things from uh, design, mindset, process, development, hiring, uh, offboarding as well, how do you uh, treat performance and so on. I am very curious how you came up with that. Was it there at the start? Was it a process? And what inspired you to put down all those thoughts in such a verbal way? Because it's very on point. I was reading it. It's uh, very concrete and specific. It's not fancy value words, right? It's very specific and actionable. Thanks for uh, actually, you know, uh, appreciating the work that we've done. And I was actually moved by the conversation that we had at Lumica event. The genesis of Culture Book for me was I, I worked in three companies before starting up uh, my startup. 
and at every company i used to see that a lot of problems are actually people driven uh, I, i used to see that employee dissatisfaction is because of a manager maybe or a, or a process that was already set in place maybe or or the fundamentally not able to understand the nuances of the problem and and uh, i've seen different stages of a company my first company was actually a multinational company which was having more than 10000s of employees and i was one of them and in a in a working like a compartmental kind of a job i have realized that there is very little that you can move uh, very little you can change very little you can actually create an impact at a scale so at that point of time also i realized that the culture is something that is very important otherwise employees will actually uh, uh, will be unhappy eventually there's something called hedgeberg theory of two factor motivation theory when an employee is moving out of a company a and the trigger for leaving company a generally is three reasons one is probably first is leader which is the boss manager mm-hmm. the second is probably lack of exciting work because i'm not liking the work i'm not passionate about the work mm-hmm. the culture is boring monotonous i mean the work is monotonous and uh, i'm not getting new challenges the third is probably i'm not growing financially mm-hmm. and the hedgeberg research says that they are actually in the same order mm-hmm. first is manager second is lack of interesting work and third is money but if the person is leaving company a and joining company b the top 3 reasons for going to company b are quite surprising in his research the biggest reason to pick company b is money mm. while the lowest reason to leave a company is money mm. because it's quite logical in nature right if you think through we don't know who is our manager going to be in yeah. company b we don't know really what is the work that we are going to do because we have done one hour interview or two hours interview in the process doesn't mean that we know that we know everything about the company so what we are taking a bet is that at least i am financially secured mm-hmm. so this is the interesting insight that i i i i picked up from hedgeberg theory that the factor for triggering to leave a job is not the same as the factor to join a job so at, at this point of time i realized that if a person is having good leader if a person is happy with the work money is not the real motivator for someone to leave a company that thought process what is what actually triggered me to you know understand uh, these these strategies these these philosophies so the same thing i i decided to create in the company's culture uh, that's where actually the whole thought process of why uh, some things last longer than humans Uh, humans life is let's say 100 years at max and i used to realize that you no know, we are sincerely following some cultures and some religions for centuries together mm-hmm. right so so when i was understanding what makes people stick together follow follow that thesis that that ideology for for so many years i have landed on reading about books reading about cultures reading about religions mm-hmm. uh, so that led me to understand uh, let's say uh, like so many cultures which are actually you know successfully running for more than thousands of thousands of years what was the genesis of that so mm-hmm. so that's what i i want to draw some inspiration from and to create in a company uh, so that the company can sustain uh, longer yeah the handbook that you shared 
And it's good to understand as well the genesis. So you did write those pages. It's very good, I would say. My learning has been it's very good for yourself first. Yeah. So you become clear with yourself. Because at the end of the day, and you know that probably um, you can write down all the things you want, but you have to follow what you're writing. And yeah. that's where the difficult part is. So how much of that uh, book is a part of you, your own story, your own beliefs? And how do you also apply uh, those decisions, this way of working, being in your different stages of process from hiring, even like maybe screening, hiring, onboarding, yeah. growing and the games maybe you make? Yeah, like you said, it's very hard to uh, follow a lot of principles in life. Uh, uh, I, I, and it is tough to uh, follow when 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 you are stuck at a complicated situation rather than very easy situation. Right? For example, I'll tell you one simple situation on hiring. Let's say if I can go around, I can get one person on board, but the person is not a culture fit for me. But I can hire very easily. I can hire very easily. Probably I can hire at, a, at, the, at the salary band that I am I'm comfortable with as well. But the other path is you don't have an easy route, but you all the way have to hire someone and train someone, coach someone and spend a couple of years to get the person to, uh, uh, get to get the person to the skill level that you want. But person A was culture misfit, culture B is culture fit. And now I'm at, at this kind of odd positions uh, quite often than not because mm -hmm. I'm building a team. So there will be people available for you with the skill, but it is very hard to find a culture fit. So I, I, I uh, along with my core team, uh, my co-founder also, I keep discussing at times that uh, what's the right way to uh, build a team. Uh, so we have taken a call uh, consciously. Sometimes we help each other uh, because it is, it is uh, difficult to uh, step back, like you said, in the heat of doing things and understand whether we are doing it right for the long term or not. Mm -hmm. So we have taken that conscious choice of building for the long term and uh, we have said no to uh, like options which, are, which don't go with our culture. For example, when we are trying to raise funds, uh, I mean, I'm sharing an interesting uh, thing with you. Uh, so even while raising funds also, we were cautious of whom to go with. Mm -hmm. uh, like irrespective of valuations, irrespective of uh, you know, the numbers, We've decided uh, uh, the investors who can go well with our value system and whom we can trust and whom we can get help from. Hence, I think uh, no, uh, it's hard. Sometimes we do mistakes, but that's the reason I think we, we generally go through the you know, probation periods and the training periods to understand well, understand each other well. I think we were also having a conversation on how to understand where the fitment happens when do when do we take such hard calls like firing and things like that so yeah uh, so so while the intention is to follow uh, you know uh, every principle as much as possible but sometimes they come at, at a huge cost at a personal life also uh, like you have to sacrifice few things because you have to give that much time and effort to the company also that's kind of a decision that we're doing in creating teams and also i think uh, one on ones I think what we believe is that uh, feedbacking is a very, very important process, both for the employees and, uh, and leaders also. It's a two-way street mm -hmm. and we believe that uh, we should, even at an at a early stage startup, we should, we should have one-on-ones. And uh, yeah, me and my co-founder do one-on-ones to employees once in a month mm -hmm. to understand where, where are the gaps in terms mm -hmm. of cultural misfit and things like that. 
or in terms of sometimes uh, deliverables so so those are the things that we are trying to bring in uh, to to follow as much as possible and uh, yeah we will probably do some mistakes but the intention is to you know introspect again and then do not repeat that mistake next time let's get into some uh, some particular parts of it because well you have things that can be uh, moved you know like you said you yeah. it has to be revisited because you know culture is, uh, lives with people yeah. and people are affected by society yes. evolution you know and so of course we need to evolve over time yeah. and but one thing i can see as a theme which has really touched me because i'm really open when i go to a place and like to see a lot of commonalities where i can find them and there was a lot of attention in principles around equality like treating equally really thought through about you know it's more about your impacts and yeah. your status or who you come from your you know uh, badges yeah. don't matter that much so there's already a part about that there's i would say almost a um, tolerance zero policy about how treating women for example yeah. in the team and i think it's a very important topic and i have i've not seen this in such a disciplined way where was that coming from for you like that desire of equality like meritocracy as well the way yeah. you wrote about it is basically it doesn't matter your history your legacy uh, but we look at how you are good today and how you're contributing today and it's not an excuse because you were good before that you'll yeah. be good tomorrow by not doing anything right so it, yeah it, yeah, it, it sets really a certain equality for everyone like yes. be a, contribute now no matter where you come from yeah so i think uh, maybe some of these things are uh, triggered by some incidents that happened for me i've seen a couple of situations where let's say there is a friend on the board the merit is not actually you know tested but you end up creating more wealth for a friend so which is what i think drives me saying that first i should set a standard that everybody has a equal chance fair chance to to perform at that level and to to probably create an impact i've seen some family situations also uh, in my journey where one kid probably gets more pampering than the other kid in the same family so that that kind of situations create a lot of lot of friction in the kids and lot of you know heartbreaking uh, in terms of the brain architecture so that's the reason i believe that equal affection is important to kids similarly equal uh, opportunity is important for employees and based on the performance we have to we have to uh, reward another problem with humans is that we go through lot of biases right so we we go to an interview let's say the first candidate is very poor the comparison effect of a human comes into the play and the next person if, if performs slightly better than the previous candidate we tend to believe that this candidate is too good mm. or the vice versa the first candidate is so good and the second candidate is actually good but he could not match the previous candidate we tend to compare and then take a decision so so because of this halo and halo biases and things like that our brain gets tuned uh, to to look at previous uh uh performance and then say that no you are already good or bad so i've seen in my previous experiences that some people who really pulled a lot of weight on the early stages get to a stage where they become complacent thinking that they are seniors and that they are experienced people and then there is no reason for them to deliver now yeah which actually creates a completely negative vicious cycle yeah. because if the senior is actually coming to 12 o'clock coming to the office at 12 o'clock that actually brings a culture that probably 
it is okay to struggle at the early stages but once i become senior i can also lax like that yeah. hence i think just to give a simple language to everybody that everybody's time is important everybody has to be disciplined everybody has to perform if you don't perform you have to perish that's a simple rule that we have but if you give favorite answers or a, like like if you bring in like a favoritism or a nepotism into this we believe that it completely it completely creates uh, bad outcomes and it becomes very very unmanageable situation when when the company becomes 100 or 200 yeah. uh, at a early stage if one person gets a favorable treatment it is okay probably you, you your data points are so less but when you are 200 or 300 if one person gets a favorable treatment because he actually is very good friend of a ceo yeah. but not based on performance the entire arc arc thinks that i have to be good friend of the good yeah. friend of him but i should i don't have to worry about work but we want to like follow it and uh, and not to get to that mm-hmm. kind of a nepotism and and favoritism have have a equal opportunity for men and women or any 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 gender for that matter equal opportunity at every stages and fair treatment to performance and if you don't perform there is just perish yeah. even at a, a later stage and there's one part i want to touch on which is about health which so that is in very interesting in your book you touch also uh, holistically you know not just work what do we believe almost uh, you know as we come what is the place of work in the holistic life and so there's a part dedicated to health and i wanted to ask about that one because i don't know what it means is tan man dan yeah what is what does that mean yeah i mean so thank you for uh, like uh, like asking this question i i get uh, very few people asking this uh, but what i believe is even if you have a uh, like a good good thinking brain like a positive mindset but some of the fundamentals like health have to be in place mm-hmm. so that's simple to say that than mandan so than in our in our uh, indian sanskrit is basically like flesh like body uh, babies get uh, physically nourished mm-hmm. and then the brain architecture gets formed and then so man is basically brain the mind mm-hmm. uh, so tan is body man is uh, mind and dan is wealth so wealth will come only if you have a good brain but good brain can function only if you have a good health so that's the ethos that i i believed that health is very important to to survive in a startup journey also so we get to lot of stressful scenarios we work long hours we don't sleep well sometimes getting sleep is a privilege in a startup so 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 i do talk to people saying that while we are trying to execute things on time we are spending long hours it is very important for us to sleep well it is very important for us to not to miss breakfast and have that have have a healthy life otherwise we are looking for a short run of making a success in the startup but what happens is i personally went through a health complications like gastritis and gerd and things like that when i was not having proper food on time and eventually it led to a situation where i could not focus on my work mm-hmm. that i had to go attend my health first so that's where i think uh, the man uh, the tan man dan thing came up to me so actually in fact i've actually expanded this to a fourth one which i have not mentioned in the deck so tan which is health man which is mind and dan which is wealth actually the fourth fourth parameter is jan 
so gen in in our language is people so when you create wealth you should give it back to people mm. we talked a lot about the book and i could ask a lot about it but i think it's more for our some um, offline conversation i'd like to spend uh, a bit of uh, some minutes on the product uh, not to go too much into detail of what you're doing but what led you to the choice in the second iteration then of uh, your company to go for a casual market maybe some observation you're going for global market right yes. and um I will ask this hard question coming from product and business. When you go for global, then you compete with global, right? So what is, despite that, still give you the conviction that you can uh, deliver a product, you know, that can grow big, be competitive commercially and with the team you're building? What, so first of all, I think I believe, uh, you know, if you look at the talent available around you, so India has been a great, great source of uh, art and animation talent. India has has a rich talent in terms of product and analytics and and we also are very good in engineering and QA right i think we are also picking up on game design and production which was the weak link and i, I believe a lot of studio i mean lot of institutions like national institute of design and a lot of colleges are trying to solve that problem mm -hmm. so with that so i i've noticed that there is a good availability in terms of the talent that we need to compete with the global markets in the gaming gaming segment The second, I think, do we have a certain expertise of understanding the global market? So that we have achieved in the previous company. I think we've spent six, six and a half to seven years in the previous company to understand what are the uh, demographics, what are the psychographics, what are the uh, you know parameters of a global market, and what are the baselines of let's say customer uh, acquisition, and what are the baselines of product and engagement, retention, monetization. We We have delivered and we've understood that for last seven years. The third one is basically: is there a real gap in the market that you want to compete with, or is this just a just a you know a fancy idea that we are trying? So when we looked at a casual market, we broken down the casual market into twenty five sub genres, and uh, we believe that we only like match match three meta, and blast blast meta, and word games and hidden games, mm -hmm. hidden hidden object games. these are the six categories that we are all aware across across the global market and we know the likes of candy crush gardenscapes and tone blast or let's say lily garden or let's say ugas june's june's journey or let's say wordscapes or singa's words with friends and likes like like, like so on but what we realized is that there are like let's say at least 19 subcategories which we do not have classic title on and that was a question that was you no know, interested us saying that why do we don't have any uh, successful titles in this subgenres when we ended up understanding this market we realized that there is a lot of interest in the market right like see we 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 could also say that no probably there is no depth in those in those subgenres that's why nobody is innovating which we took a you know a very uh, fresh perspective to the data and then said that no this is justifying that there is interest in the players so which means the installs and the numbers are actually yes. quite convincing uh, but the retention the stickiness factors the other metrics are not quite convincing so which is where i think we 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 felt we could probably solve that problem and like i said with the expertise that we have in the previous journey and the talent that we have in the community we can map these two things and bring in a uh, idea which can solve to the global gap uh, mm -hmm. that's the whole uh, thesis that we started with and yeah we think we can definitely put up a product which is of a global standard and entertain people uh, with the idea and 
hopefully i think we will uh, put india in a global stage in terms of free to play game mm. that's my impression from having talked to a good landscape of companies in both the skills that uh, you've covered that have been acquired uh, really by also many companies that also uh, build offices here like Zynga, yeah, EA Glue yeah, and you had also Play Simple. One thing that I see for me uh, as a really strong advantage is the speed of learning, the growth. It's, uh, it's incredible. Yeah. Just in speaking a few days, but the knowledge is up to date, but the um, speed of learning and getting there, I think that's why it might be a quite different picture already a year yeah. from now. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing that more. Yeah, so there's an interesting data point in India. 50% uh, of Indian population is under 25 years. And uh, that is the age I think people can contribute, pick up new skills and provided, you know, we take the risk of, you know, yeah. uh, starting up businesses. Yeah, I see as well like a generation of young, like, and they're hungry, you know, and it's very refreshing, it's very motivating, energizing. It's also, it makes me feel really involved, although I'm not even part of some of those companies, but wanting to be part of it, you know, it's uh, very uh, infectious in that sense, like that's a strong energy, even from IGDC, as you saw. Exactly. All right, uh, we will close soon uh, this conversation. I felt like I would like to talk to you more, but not for this time today. Thoughts for the future. So where you are in your company at the moment and where are the things you're excited about towards the end of the year? Yeah, end of this year, I think our goal is to you know, uh, finalize our product, first product to market and then uh, uh, make significant progress in that product. And then uh, hopefully I think uh, you know, uh, we'll get some basic, uh, basic baselines. All right. Anything I should have asked you uh, that I didn't ask you? Uh, uh, no, I think I think it's it was the discussion was quite quite uh, uh, intense, and I think I think we were in a flow. Uh -huh. All right, all right. So thanks everyone for tuning in from Bangalore. Uh, it's one among the series because I interview more. Thanks Ram again for your time today, and I hope for the people who want to get in touch with Ram and thinking about building the company and how. Even when it's a culture book, feel free to reach out to Ram as well here in the area. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Sophie, for uh, taking this opportunity and giving me this opportunity, taking the most valuable time out of your day for me. And uh, yeah, uh, interested candidates, we can catch up on LinkedIn and stay connected. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Rise and Play podcast. I am growing a community of conscious leaders across the industry and beyond. If you want to join this movement, Please share the podcast with other conscious leaders because we have so much more we can learn from each other. If you've enjoyed this episode, please follow and rate the show on Spotify or your other favorite podcast platform. It will help other growing leaders to discover the show and benefit from the valuable insights. If you would like to grow rapidly your leadership skills, you can find more insights on riseandplay.io where you will also find my free masterclass on conscious leadership and other resources that I offer. Have a great week and remember to take care of yourself. Until the next time, 